Hey, all you nostalgic applicants. Welcome to 9021 Here We Go, the podcast that takes a look at each episode of the Beverly Hills 90210 franchise from Fox to the CW. One of us is a 9021 expert and the other is a 9021 novice. I'm Kendra Mickles and I'm seeing these episodes for the first time. I'm Nick Gunning and I've seen them all. Our show is brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. Other shows on the network include Previously on X-Men, This Endorian Life, and 90s Music Got Me Like. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or Twitter at Here We Go Pod. And please rate, subscribe, and share the show wherever you get your podcasts. Today we're discussing Beverly Hills 90210 Season 7, Episode 14, Jobbed. Does that make sense? Another dumb title, I think. Who's to say, yeah. We're to say. That's why we have this <laughs> podcast. All right, let's tune in to CUTV. This year you can replay each day at 5 right here on your very own news network, CUTV. This episode first aired on January 8th, 1997. It's a Happy new year. New year. Birthdays every year. We celebrate Gabrielle Carteris turning another year older. This year she turned 36. Yes. Uh, January 4th, Nick, my co-host, mm-hmm. turned 14. What a year. And then on January 7th, I turned 6. I could have babysat you, Kendra. Oh, good times. I would have been a fun babysitter, Kendra. I would have made your pancakes. We could have watched cartoons Ooh, together. Yes. It would have been fun. That would have been fun. Yeah. Six was a good year, mm-hmm. I think. I don't remember a lot of specifics. Kindergarten, maybe but... going into probably in the middle of kindergarten or the middle of first grade, maybe. Yeah. I remember my mom always, well, I don't remember, but my mom tells the story that she was like very emotional taking me to kindergarten. Boy, I and believe that. And she yeah. thought that I was going to also be, you know, heartbroken to leave yeah. her. But she, we got to the classroom and I was just like, see ya. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you pick me up, see you then. <laughs> yeah. I still remember like for, for pre-K. So when my son was like four, I want to say, getting him on the bus, you know, for the first day. And I was very upset about it. He really couldn't care less. He was like, I'm going to get on this sweet bus and this stranger's going to take me to school. And I was like, goodbye. And he didn't <laughs> care. Didn't care. Yeah. It's good. That's good. Right. Though it's it better good. than the alternative. Yes, it is good. It's Yeah. Yeah. Movies, January 12th, the 23rd annual People's Choice Awards, hosted by Don Johnson and Roma Downey. Who are those people? I don't even know those names. Oh, sure you do. Don Johnson, you know, I mean, probably from like Nash Bridges. Maybe you'd remember Nash Bridges. No, Don Johnson, Miami Vice, Miami Vice, Don Johnson. No. He's Dakota Johnson's dad. How about that? Oh, (laughs) okay. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> Roma Downey from Touched by an Angel. I'm sure you've seen. Oh, Touched okay. By an Angel in yeah, your life. yeah. <laughs> She's the one who's not Della Reese. Okay. Roma oh, Downey. We I'm just Roma watched... Downey. That was oh, we more... were watching that was more Pluto... Mrs. Doubtfire, but <laughs> we were watching Pluto TV, and an episode of Touched by an Angel was on, and okay. we watched like the end of it, and I was like, "This is nonsense. How did <laughs> how did we watch this show?" That makes sense. All right, here are some of the winners from that night. Favorite movie actor went to Mel Gibson. Well, well, <laughs> well. you don't know everything in the night. Favorite movie actress, Sandra Bullock. That, that has up. aged well. That holds She's up. She's still great. Yep. Favorite comedy movie, The Nutty Professor. <laughs> the Buddy Love. Still never seen it. Favorite dramatic movie, Independence Day. Welcome to Earth. Is there a line I'm supposed to say? In oh, I don't, to no, that? he just punches oh, okay. an alien. And says, it, se- it seemed like you're waiting for me to say no. something. No. Okay. It's a good movie. TV, January 1st. The TV rating system goes into effect. Oh, I do remember this. All of a sudden, it was like TV Y7. And I was like, what does that mean? TV 14. Ooh. You know? <laughs> Ooh, I'm not 14 yet. January 9th, the Antiques Roadshow debuted on PBS. Always love the Antiques Roadshow. Always a good time. It might be on my bucket list to like attend. Do they still do it? I don't even know. Do they still do Antiques Roadshow? Still going, sure. I don't know what I would bring, but uh, it'd be fun. You got all those cameras sticking around your house? (laughs) That's one of my, yeah, that's true. Bibles from your grandma, the tiniest Bibles in the world. Yeah. That's one of my favorite episodes of Frasier when they discover that they all oh, the love yes. <laughs> the Rand- Antiques yeah. Roadshow. Yeah. Yeah. January 12th, Mike Judge's King of the Hill debuted on Fox. Mm. 
I was never really allowed to watch it, and I've just never tried to get into it. I've seen episodes of King of the Hill. That was yeah. I'm I was I never watched it like religiously, but I've definitely seen it. But Greg Daniels worked on King of the Hill, and he went on to create The Office. The Office, so sure. the American Office, yes. I should say. It would run for 13 seasons with a reboot for 2023. Yeah. Well loved. And January 13th, La Femme Nikita began its five season run on USA. What is this? I don't know what this is. She was like a like a spy. I just mm-hmm. I remember seeing commercials for it all the time. Video games, January 3rd, Diablo, the first game in the long-running series, debuted on PlayStation 1. And the new one's coming out soon. Yeah, that's still going strong. I don't think I ever played a Diablo game. I definitely wouldn't have been allowed to do that. Is it Diablo 4 that's coming out? It's 4 or 6. Your I'm guess not is sure. as good as mine. I think it's 4 that's yeah. coming out. All right, Nick, take us beyond the zip code. Okay. Uh, this, is a, this is a beyond the zip code in the wild. I, I clocked this one. In 2023, Josh Zuckerman. Hey, Zuckerman. What are the odds? We were just talking about Andre. the odds. Josh Zuckerman, who plays Max in the CW years of 90210, appeared as Paul in the Paramount Plus series Fatal Attraction, starring Joshua Jackson, Lizzie Kaplan, and Amanda Peet. Bo and I were just talking about this in our Pride Month episode. Really good. I think you would like Fatal Attraction quite a bit. I saw the trailer for it, and I've had it my eye on it yeah, to watch it's, it. It's eight episodes. It's a clean eight episodes. You can get right through it. But I, this character shows up, and I was like, is that the guy from 90210? And it's funny because he's like, you know, a, like a drug addict, drug dealer in this show. And he's like comically like clean cut and like wholesome in 90210. That's the whole gimmick <laughs> in 90210. So it's just kind of funny to see. But yeah. It's a fun show. I recommend All it right. to you. I'll move it. I'll move it up yeah. my list. I've move needed uh, just trash TV lately, so I decided <laughs> to start watching Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> we were just talking about that as well. You can get caught up on on Scandaval. You can you can know all the and if you I can. Well, connect... I have only I started at the beginning, so okay. I just finished season one. All right, um, and it is indeed just total trash. Okay. And uh, all right. That's what it is. When you catch up to all the shenanigans, I'll connect you to Bo and he'll fill you in on everything. Okay, cool. Excellent. All the Bravoverse info you want, (laughs) I have have an in, so. (laughs) All right, let's look at our synopsis for Jobbed. Okay. Man, I hate that title. It's bad. Brandon, Brandon and Mark are up for the same scholarship, and one of them is a sore loser. Meanwhile, an old flame of Valerie's rolls into town, and David isn't a fan. Plus, Donna... Subs at Dr. Martin's office and saves a life. She knows how to save a life. Yeah. Uh, Nick, who's living in Beverly Hills. Hills. Today's episode was directed by Jason Priestley. Again, very straight. It was. I would not have guessed. Very straight. He's maturing. Old JP. (laughs) Written by Larry Mullen. Uh, We have Michael Durrell back as John Martin. He's our recurring player here. We have a final appearance. If you if you couldn't guess from uh, Kelly's tell-off at the end of this episode, this is the final appearance of Dalton James as Mark Reese. So, goodbye. Oh, that this is it. This is it. This is it. Yeah, this was. You know, uh, we've lo- been waiting for the shoe to drop with Mark, and, and it, uh, here it dropped. It dropped. <laughs> it dropped. It dropped full character assassination of Mark here in this yep. episode. Yeah. So uh, he was like, "Give it up or get out, Kelly." <laughs> Uh, we'll get there. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Spoilers. <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort of count this because this is the last time we're going to see Bruce Gray. He's playing Craig here, but he had another role as Bob in season one, the 17 year itch. 17 year itch was the one where Cindy had a light casual affair uh, back super in cash. season Super gash in season one. This actor, Bruce Gray, also appeared in two random roles in Melrose Place. So he's had four one off characters. In the franchise. Not bad. I know. Uh, new recurring player, Kane Picoy. Kane Picoy. Uh, so that's a fun name that I'm going to be able to say for a while. Picoy is what I would say. Kane Picoy. Kane Picoy. Kane Picoy. Kane Picoy. Leonard Nimoy as Tom Miller. Uh, Tom Miller's going to be around for a little while. Val- Valerie's old flame here. He recurred on shows like The Nanny. Do you want to sing the song with me? She was working at a bridal yeah. shop, flushing oh, queens. I, when I went to the chorus. One of those crushing scenes. I don't uh, like the nanny. That's he was controversial. Also on, he was also but... on Jag. I don't know if I would want to sit down and like binge a bunch of episodes of the nanny, but you know, it's fun. Eh. Uh, we have Michael Ryan Ray as Peter Malone. 
Peter Malone, Valerie's dad. He also appeared on Melrose Place and Saved by the Bell, the new class. Oh. And we will see him again. Uh, other cast members include Kim Morgan Green as Dana Sawyer, the vamp. She only wants one thing, and it is Steve's booty. <laughs> <laughs> or was... his, or his, uh, his mouth, maybe. Uh, yeah, as his, we'll yeah, learn. Yeah, we'll we'll find out. Uh, <laughs> best known for her role of Channy Carter on the primetime soap The Colbys. I, the Colbys is a spinoff of something. Maybe, maybe Dallas, maybe Dynasty. I don't remember. Mm. It was a spinoff of a super popular uh, primetime soap. One of the two. Uh, but she's known for that, and she definitely is having that vibe in this episode yes. so it makes perfect sense uh david purdom as conway his career is long he was in a 1968 episode of one life to live all the way up through season three of i think you should leave uh into 2023 on netflix so I yeah which i so just much. i just it's a sketch show with tim robinson on netflix three seasons six episodes each i accidentally finished it last night kendra and i was so upset because I normally space them out, you know, and I was just like absentmindedly watching it and I didn't realize that it was the last one. And I was very, it's never, it's never enough. And the same thing happened to us. I was like, Oh, is that it? Crap. Really upsetting. (laughs) I just have to go back and watch the other one. Really upsetting. Yep. TC Tuggers. We have Huel Hauser as Reed Harvey. So this is a weird one. Because Huel Hauser is not really an actor. He plays he plays Reed Harvey, who is like one of the interviewers. But he's like a TV personality. He hosted a show called California's Gold and a show called Visiting with Huel Howard. So I don't know if he's like a local, like California kind of celebrity kind of guy that came in and did this episode of Dino 2 I don't know. There you go. If you know who that is, you're probably like, it's that guy. I didn't. So <laughs> uh, I don't care. But there you go. Um, did you skip Jane Marla Robbins? Probably. Jane Marla Robbins as the chairperson of the Dreyer Committee. She appeared in the first two Rocky films, and this was her last credit until the 2020 film Max and Me. Hmm. All right. That's our cast for this episode. All right. Well, let's get into it. All right. We start at the Peach Pit After Dark, and I watched this online, but I believe I saw pretty much all of the the intro, which is basically David is fixing some lights or something. That's how we start. This guy comes in looking for Valerie and he's like, uh, we're closed. Get out of here. Who Mm -hmm. are you? Yeah. They hate Um, each other right away. Right away. It's, it's not good between them. But then Mm -mm. Valerie comes in and she's like, Tom, Tom Miller, my old friend from Buffalo. Yes. She's very excited to see him. It's a surprise. Yeah. Is this, I want to say this is only the second person from Valerie's past that we've ever seen. Right. Yeah. We had her friend. Ginger. Ginger, yes. Because and, yeah, we we've never met any of Valerie's family, right? I don't think so. I don't I don't think so either. Like we've talked to like the mom has been on the phone, but I don't think we've ever seen a Valerie family member up to this point. Yeah, I don't think so. So we see the dad in flat, or we see the dad in a video. We meet Tom, and we've met Ginger before, and that's it. So yeah, and if Ginger's any indication, <laughs> it's a great. Tom's bunch. gonna be great. It's a yeah. great bunch. <laughs> So yeah, things between, I mean, David and Tom are just like staring daggers at each other from minute one. So good, good stuff. Mm-hmm. But Valerie's excited to see him. All right. After the intro, we go to campus where the 25th annual job fair is underway. Okay. Tracy is doing a segment for the news. And afterwards, they are going to walk around and, you know, look for people to get little sound bites from they run into kelly who is not doing any like she's not looking for a job at the job fair she's decided to go for her master's oh so that's cool yeah she says if she can graduate because she is kind of behind right still maybe i mean she was in a cult for a year and then she was on (laughs) drugs for a year so i don't think she's gone to surely she's behind Yeah. yeah has she ever finished a class i don't think so Brandon says he is also not looking for a job because he has something in the works. Ooh, something cooking. Which Kelly didn't know about. Tracy, however, is like, oh, you should tell her. She's going to find out. Yeah. So Tracy knew, but Kelly didn't know. Turns out Brandon is applying for the Dryer Fellowship, Mm -hmm. which apparently he's been working on for weeks and weeks. And it's like he's 
at the final interview now. The, the final interview is the yeah. next day. Yeah. So Kelly seems upset by this news. And Brandon kind of wonders, like, what's yeah. eating at her? Tracy thinks it's because she knew something before Kelly knew it. Yes. Um, which Look, probably is a little true. I, I'm sure people are sick of me saying the same old thing about Tracy. So let me just say that my feelings about Tracy have not changed. At all. They remain the same. She is a Muppet Baby version of Susan, and I'm not a fan of it. Nope. I don't like it either. So, Brandon makes a joke to Kelly, like, well, now that you know, you can go ahead and tell everybody, because she can't keep a secret, I guess. Is a blabbermouth, I guess? No. No, I don't know, no. but she does immediately go to Mark, like, literally does. two seconds later. <laughs> yeah. all right. But it's because... Mark is also applying for the Dreyer Fellowship, yes. which Kelly knew about. Mm-hmm. And didn't and Mark, tell. Didn't no, tell and didn't tell. Yeah. No, but I mean, why would she tell Brandon, I guess? I agree. but yeah. So she thinks that Mark needs to tell Brandon. Mark has kind of an in because he knows some of the people who are like on the panel who are yeah. going to be judging and his dad is connected. So he already knew that Brandon was applying right. because... His dad was able to find out who the other applicants were. So Mark has a little leg up here. He does. Does Mark know the questions or does he just know the type of questions? That I was unclear. I don't unclear. think he knows the questions. But he's I think... got like an idea of what they're going to ask. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least from the one guy that we'll yeah. meet later. Right. Okay. Kelly thinks that she should tell, that Mark should tell Brandon, but he's like, no, it's fine. Like, he didn't yeah. tell me. Why do I need to tell him? Right. And I kind of was like, you will hear me say this again in the episode, but I was kind of with Mark on this. Like, it's a competitive thing. I don't really think he's obligated to tell Brandon that he's the competition. Do you think so? I don't know. I think, I mean, they work together. They're good yeah, friends. I guess. Now that he knows, I think maybe. I suppose. He should. Because otherwise they're going to both show up and it'll be like, oh, you knew I was going to be here, but you, but. I didn't know you were going to be here. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It is a competition. Right. And Brandon, in a lot of ways, does have a leg up because he's a former student body president. You know, he's like the on-air person. Like, he has a very high profile on campus, which sometimes they remember and sometimes they don't, script-wise. So, I don't know. This episode, they remember. They remember. At the Peach Pit, Donna is supposed to be meeting up with her dad, who does stop by to get a book that she borrowed from, from Felice, Felice yeah. I guess. Um, and then he tries to like run off, but she's like, no, like stay, let's have breakfast. And I want to talk to you about job advice and stuff like that. He does sit down and he says he'll stay, but then pretty quickly he gets a, a page. Yeah. Does he have a pager on? He does have a pager. Yeah. <laughs> so he steps away to make a phone call and David swoops in after he leaves uh, for some kisses. <laughs> and she tells or David tells Donna about Tom mm-hmm. showing up kind of mentions that. And then Dr. Martin comes back and says his receptionist is sick. So will Donna fill in? Oh, okay. Cause right before that she had said like, Oh, I don't want to think about getting a job. Like I'm so nervous. Right. Yeah. I mean, so, this feels like a HIPAA violation, but it's the nineties. So whatever. A little bit. A little bit. At the beach, Steve is just, Doing his morning workout, I guess. Doing some pull-ups or something. Yeah. Claire stops by to remind him about an interview that she set up for him at Tasco Sportwear at the job fair. And he says, don't worry. I know. I will be there on time. Thank you for getting me this interview. It's going to be great. And then they roll around in the sand and kiss. At the student union, Tracy and Brandon run into Valerie. <laughs> who tells them that Tom is in town and he's going to be staying with them. Brandon makes a crack about, oh, you finally have friends your own age. <laughs> <laughs> Which made me laugh. I miss Kenny. He was great. Yeah. Oh, so such great. a good guy. And then as they're talking, a man stops by. I don't. He stops by and is like, oh, your grandmother and my mother played bridge together or whatever. He's like a broadcaster from Minneapolis. Yep. And he's very excited. He's like, oh, wait till my mom hears that I run into you. He's very excited to talk to Brandon. Weird. So Brandon goes off to talk to that guy. And Tracy and Valerie 
talk a little bit about Tom. Tracy kind of is like, oh, how special is this friend that's stopped by? And Valerie says, well, let's just put it this way. He was my first, which is... That's not like a let's put it this way kind of thing. Right. That's it's like very a... clear. Well, Tracy's like your first love or your first and Valerie's like all of the above. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, that was subtle. Yep. Let's put it that way. Speaking of Tom, he is at the Walsh house unpacking and he pulls a and by the way, sinister music through this whole <laughs> scene. Yeah. It's like we are really not supposed to like this guy. No, we're not. No, we're not. So he's like unpacking and he pulls a VHS tape out of his bag. So Valerie calls and they decide that they're going to go to the beach later when she's done with classes and catch up. (laughs) Yep. At Dr. Martin's office, Donna is in receptionist mode. She's giving medical advice over the phone. Yeah, have a flat (laughs) ginger ale. That'll solve it. And she's she's being very personable with everyone that she's Tell talking me. to. Tell so me. Dr. That... Martin is watching this and he says, just just take messages. Don't talk to the patients. Right. <laughs> Especially I forget what the lady's name is, but yeah. the cat lady. She'll talk to you about her cats forever. Mm-hmm. At CUTV, Tracy says that Mark has invited them to a soiree that his Ooh. father is throwing, I guess. And Fancy. some good uh, good connections for Brandon will be yeah. at this party. Yeah, yeah. So he goes into Mark's office and thanks him for inviting him to the party. And then Mark breaks the news to him that he is also applying for the Dreyer Fellowship. What, is, what does this mean? I was trying to figure that out, too. I don't know. Because Brandon was saying, like, it's that instead of a job. Is it an like, internship? not apply for a job. I guess. Like, is it like an after college kind of thing? I don't know what is this a real thing in the real world? I I don't know that either. Okay, cool. (laughs) So apparently there are 12 finalists that are going for this fellowship and there's only two openings. And Brandon's like, oh, I mean, what are the chances they pick two people from CU? (laughs) And Mark's like there's probably pretty slim chance they're going to pick two people from the same state, let alone the same school. Yes. And Mark through this whole episode is pretty, I mean, he thinks he's got it. Yeah. He really thinks that he's going to get it. So he's like, sorry, it's got to be like this, you know, may the best man win. Thinking that of course he is the best man, you know? Yeah. At Kelly Donna Claire's Mark is there to pick up Kelly for the party. And Tell you know, Kelly asked about how'd your talk with Brandon go, and he said, Good, you know, I invited him to the party, trying to keep you know, make it a level playing field. And Kelly is like, Well, yep, that's what friends do. And Mark is like, You know, what's gonna satisfy you? Do you want me to give him the interview questions too? And Kelly's like, Do you have the interview questions? (laughs) And he says, No, and then he says, I'm the underdog in this situation. Like, who are you rooting for? And Kelly's like, really? You think you're the underdog in this situation? (laughs) (laughs) How about that? At the beach, Tom and Valerie are having a catch-up as they walk along. We learn that he worked in Alaska on the pipeline for a while, but then he got into a fight with an engineer and he got fired. So now he's kind of just doing random construction jobs Mm -hmm. wherever he can get them. So as they're walking, they pass Mark and Kelly and they all like stop to say hi to each other and they get introduced to Tom. But in my brain, I'm like, why would they even stop to talk to each other? You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, just just keep walking. Like why stop and like do this whole thing? But yeah, they do. They do. Back at the job fair, Steve is showered and he's wearing a suit and he is ready for this interview. Looking great. Yep. Claire is, you know, giving him a pep talk, talking mm-hmm. him up. He's he's ready to go. So first at the booth, he meets a Mr. Holland who who has an opus. Yes, of yeah. course. Every every Holland has his opus. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> And they hit it off pretty well, and he gets Claire... He He's wondering where the gym is, so he calls Claire over 
to take him to the gym and Claire's going to like talk him up as they go. So he goes behind the booth to do his interview and his interviewer is a lady. She is. And she is just flirty from the get go. From the get go. She's like, do you smoke? Do you mind if others smoke? Well, Mm -hmm. let's get a coffee. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to have their interview right there. They're going to go and get coffee. Yes. For this interview. Back at Dr. Martin's office, he is just busy, busy, busy. Can't even think straight. He's so busy. So he's there for a cardiologist. He he gives Donna a bunch of prescriptions to take down to someone, but she tries to like stand in the doorway and like talk to him and have conversations. She brings up the cat lady and how she thinks that Dr. Martin is mad at her. And he just like, he's not even listening. And finally the phone rings and it's David. So Donna gets on the phone with David and he's like, I'll take the prescriptions down. Like, it's fine. Mm -hmm. So Donna tells David it is not going well. Like, I cannot do anything right today. All right. Back at Steve's interview, they're finishing up. It seems like he was doing pretty well, giving some good answers to questions. She tries to extend the interview. She's like, oh, we have time. Let's get another coffee. But Steve declines. And she asks him, what do you want out of life? And he says, Tasco's motto is get yours. And I think that sums me up. Yes. <laughs> so then she, uh, she starts to, to put the moves on. She says, I know I'm a single woman in town for the night. Could be pretty lonely. Um, I think you'd be a budding asset, but I need to get to know you better. Mm-hmm. And she just like, I mean, she fully is like, come to my bedroom. Yeah. There <laughs> yeah. is some weird like ADR in this scene. Like he says something about, he, I don't even remember what it was, but she's like, you said you had a open mind. Open or, mind. Yeah. And he yeah. like drinks a coffee and they add like, yes, that's right. That's what I said. And then she says, well, I have an open bed. But her mouth is obscured, too. And it's like both of those things were clearly added later, just in case, like, you didn't get how sexually charged it was. And it was like, do you no, understand what she's trying to do? We understood. She's to have we understood. Sex yeah. Like, it's very explicit. I thought it was funny. They felt the need to just, like, really gild it. At the party, Tracy and Brandon are, they're arriving and they're kind of discussing. Like, Brandon is feeling pretty down about the whole thing yeah. since he's found out about Mark. He, he yeah. thinks that Mark really has a leg up here and how is he possibly going to beat him? But yeah, because I mean, Mark, you know, he's got this wealthy family. They're like a legacy with this kind of stuff. So like he really does have an in and that's so crucial in this kind of thing. Tracy's like, listen, you were president. Like your grades are better than his. You, you are better on paper than Mark. Right. Yeah. By the way, Tracy's outfit here. Ridiculous. Her skirt is shorts or so short. Yeah. It's so short, paired with a long sleeve blazer with like crazy yeah. shoulder pads. Yeah. Dislike. Mm-hmm. Brandon finds Kelly at the bar when he goes to get a drink. And Kelly's like, I, you know, I should have known that he was going to go, f- or that you were going to go for this. Like, I remember you talking about it when we were in DC together. Yeah. We've been calling back to DC a couple times now, and it's smart because that's the only time they had chemistry. You know, they certainly don't have it now. Yeah. Brandon says, you know, it's it wouldn't have stopped him from applying and it wouldn't have stopped me from applying. So it it really doesn't matter. And he tells Mm -hmm. Kelly not to get in the middle of it, which Mm -hmm. is basically what Mark said. Right. Mark calls Brandon over and introduces him to Mr. Ramey, who is basically Mark's godfather and also on the committee that will be choosing the next Dreyer fellow. Perfect. Perfect. So that's great. Mark's like, hey, I'm just trying to level the playing field. Just doing what I can for you. It's not going to matter, but. (laughs) Back at Dr. Martin's office, Donna is waiting for him to finish up his work. And she apologizes for not doing the best job that day, you know, talking to the patients and all that. And she says, you know, I don't know if I'm capable of working anywhere, which Again, is lame because she is so smart and has done so many things. Why all of a sudden is it like, what job could Donna possibly do? Mm -hmm. Like, 
we've we're so far from her being like the dumb best friend i know but i mean you've called it many times over it's like they keep putting donna in a position where somebody else has to be like oh no no you have value here let me tell you what it is <laughs> so dr martin's like the only thing you did wrong today was talk to whatever her name is about her cat she'll talk to you about those forever and she says something about her allergy something something's wrong and donna's like well it's because she started smoking again and dr martin's like no no she quit smoking and donna's like no that's why she thinks you're mad at her she started smoking again so then dr martin realizes frick i just prescribed her some beta blockers that could literally kill her right. if, she's if she's smoking right now yeah so they quickly get on the phone. He calls the pharmacy. She picked up the meds two hours ago. She's trying to get her on the phone. She's not answering. And Dr. Martin is like, did she tell me? Like, I don't remember. And he's like trying to figure out if she told him that she was smoking again. Right, right. Donna's like, maybe she's out with her cats. That's <laughs> What does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean? I don't know. She's taking the cats she goes out with walk. her cats. A cat walk. So Donna finally does get in touch with her. She has not taken the medicine yet. So it's all good. They're able to, to save her from going into cardiac arrest. Post party, Mark suggests that the four, the two couples, the four of them go on a walk. And he and Brandon are walking together. And Brandon's like, you know, if I don't get this thing, I just want you to know, like, my life won't end, you know, whatever happens, happens. Mark says, actually, hey, I found out that two candidates from the same campus could be selected. So it's fine. Maybe, maybe we'll both will, get yeah, in. Maybe it'll work out. Why not? He also tells Brandon that Rami, Mr. Rami, likes to ask deserted island questions. Oh. Such as, if you were on a deserted island, what right. two books would you bring? Right. Tracy and Kelly are also talking, and this conversation is silly, but basically it's like, Brandon's happy for you. Yeah, and I'm happy for Brandon. We're both happy that the mm -hmm. other person is happy. Mm -hmm. And that's great. Back at Mark and David's house, I guess I'll call it, though we're never seeing Mark again, so no, I don't know what's right, going to happen yeah. there. Good point. Um, <laughs> but David is giving Donna a back rub after her hard day. Oh. And she says that she really is worried about her dad and told him that he needs to change his hours so he's not working too much because yeah. clearly he's stressed. Things are falling through the cracks. You know, she almost killed a patient today. Right, so. right. And he's on overload because he's because another doctor just retired. Right. And he's like, yes, taking on I think that's the thing. Yeah, so yeah. he's taken on a lot more clients at the Peach Pit. Steve is talking with Val and Tom, and Steve's like, yeah, stay at the house. That'll be great. The more, the merrier. Steve then sees Claire arrive, and so he's like, oh, boy, here we go. Got to tell her about this interview. Yeah. And he tells Claire, yeah, she wanted to get in my pants, so I had to turn down the job. Right. <laughs> and Claire does not believe him. Not at all. A little fair. But also, I feel like at this point, she should be able to tell when he's being sincere or right. not. The, yeah, the level to which she just is like, you're a liar. You're a dumb screw up liar. I was like, uh. Yeah, little, she doesn't she much. just tell me that you blew the interview. Don't make up a dumb story. But he's yeah. like, actually, this is true. Yeah, it's what happened. Yeah. So he says, uh, you know what? She said, come back to the job fair if I change my mind. So maybe I will just to yeah. shut you up. Yep. And I think at that point, Claire can tell. Yeah, he's, she's like, like oh, this wait is real. He's pretty upset. At Kelly Donna Claire's, Kelly apologizes to Mark for getting in the middle, basically, you, and yeah, for yeah. trying to get him to level the playing field with Brandon. And she's like, but hey, maybe you'll both get in. And Mark says, yeah, there's a slim chance of that happening. Mm -hmm. Kelly is just pretty disgusted with him. She's like, your arrogance, like, it's ridiculous. But Mark says he's been groomed for this his whole life. Like, the pressure, if Brandon doesn't get it, it'll suck. But for him, it's like, 
it would be bad with his family if he doesn't right. get it. Yeah. Though at the beginning of the episode, he did tell Kelly he wasn't going to apply for it, but then his dad made him or something. Or does he say that to Brandon? Maybe that was a lie. Yeah. Yeah. There's something like that. Kelly apologizes, you know, for for saying that because of all the pressure he's under. Mm-hmm. Um, and they say goodnight. At the Walsh house, Val and Tom are watching, is it their prom video? Yeah, I think so. This was irritating to me because it, I mean, it doesn't look like when they would have gone to prom. It doesn't look like that at all. And I just feel like there's so much footage of teenage Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Like, I don't know how I, they couldn't have just, <laughs> I don't know, but whatever. It was silly. But yeah, is this video. video the reason that this is not streaming because there's music playing during this video? Oh, I, I could not figure out why this episode. Wasn't I don't know streaming. why it wasn't streaming either. Yeah, I couldn't figure it out. It seemed like he like put music with it because oh. he's like, "Do you like it? You like what I did? I thought you'd get out a kick out of it." Oh. So I thought he like edited it somehow. I don't know. No, I couldn't figure that out either. Yeah, it didn't even occur to me. I didn't see any reason. Yeah. All right. Well. Valerie, you know, there's sitting there watching it, talking about the good times. And um, she asked him why he hasn't come by sooner. But come by. You know how far away Buffalo is Very from yeah. Beverly Hills? It's a quick. You don't yeah. just come by. Yeah. it's a... um, But she, he says, you know, after we broke up, I figured I just wasn't good enough for you. Mm-hmm. So as they're watching this video... Her father comes on the screen and mm-hmm. he's like waving goodbye to them in the video. And she just kind of loses it a she little does. bit. She yeah. like gets really close to the screen. We get this flashback of that. Wasn't it wasn't it a dream she had? Or is it supposed mm-hmm. to be the real thing? It's all it's very stylized. It's black and white. We see like, you know, the only thing colorful is like blood on the floor and everything. Yeah. I couldn't remember the context of it either, and I couldn't remember what I was remembering. So yeah, but you we've seen, seen this that you have we've seen, seen, seen before. that before. Okay, okay. And then she said I couldn't hear it very well, but she said she just wants to know the truth about him. Is that what she says? Yeah. Is there a mystery with her dad that we haven't known that, about? That has not been a part of the story. Okay. And then Tom promises her something. I could not hear what he said. Did you hear what he said? The oh, volume was really I, wonky on oh, what okay. I was watching. I don't remember. I don't remember that. He says no. something. I promise you. Like he's going to help her figure it out or something. Oh, okay. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. All right. It's time for the interview at the dryer mm, fellowship. Yes. yes, yes whatever. Yes. Uh huh. So it's Brandon's turn. His essay was about the 1987 Minnesota Twins, sure. yeah. which is their baseball team. Mm-hmm. And he talks about, you know, the this team was like, it was the worst team to ever win a World Series. And they were the blueprint of how to achieve impossible goals. And they taught us how to overcome adversity and all this stuff. It was pretty good. It's a good answer. As, I think as far as like, you know, TV, anytime somebody's like, I'm an amazing writer and here's what I wrote and it's like crappy. Or anytime somebody has to like give a good answer on TV, it's usually like, no, that was trite. I felt like this was actually a pretty good essay. Yeah. You know, for like a TV answer. Yeah. You could maybe steal this and <gasps> use it in your own life. Somebody Kendra. who's applying for something. Brilliant. Yeah. I think, good idea. I think that's a good example. I liked how it kind of tied into, you know, he remember he had the Minnesota Twins jersey that he wore all the time back in the day. Yes. The whole thing with him and Emily Valentine and everything. So I kind of liked the history of, of that with the show, too. It was kind of a cool callback. Yep. It all called back. Yeah. So then it's Mr. Rami's turn, and we're waiting for a Desert Island question. And in fact, he asked, do you know anything about the Bible? <laughs> Uh-oh. And Brandon's like... Like, if I was on a desert island, would I bring the Bible? <laughs> but then Mr. Ramey asks, can you compare and contrast John Calvin and Ezekiel? This is an insane question to ask. This is an insane question. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, I don't know. How do you compare those two? Well, why would you ever... This is not a Christian college. This is the... Is the is the fellowship a first Christian of all thing? yes that's crazy that he would have to do that 
but John Calvin is like a theologian. Right. Ezekiel is a person in the Bible. It's like a book in right. the Bible. Why would you compare and contrast those two? Well, Ezekiel sets up a lot of prophecies like about the Messiah and about the role oh, of the Messiah. Oh, I see. And okay. So, I mean, but you, still, that's a yeah. weird way to to ask that question. Yeah. Like, no. Like John Calvin and John Wesley or right, something. Right. That would have been a better question. Yes. But, but yeah, it is a very weird question. And we kind of see Brandon's face just drop. Yeah, we I don't mean, really he... see the resolution of that either. Like, you don't really see how that plays out. So. so are we supposed to believe that Mark gave him incorrect information or that Mr. Rami is trying to throw Brandon? Unclear. Oh, it is unclear. I didn't get the sense that Mark was teeing up misinformation. That I That's, that's what you... I thought as well. No, I, I thought maybe Rami was trying to throw Brandon because he wanted Mark to get it. It's possible, yeah. I don't know. There's just, there's no way, there's no way that that outside of somebody who has, like, studied, like, the Bible and theologians specifically could answer that question. Like, there's no way that you would expect (laughs) somebody outside of somebody with expertise in the field. It's impossible. So, it's an insane thing to do. So, I kind of wish that you would have seen how that played out. I would have liked to see the other people on the panel just look at him and be like, what? what? Yeah. It's like in the office when Andy's being interviewed for the boss and Gabe is like, how many windows are there in New York City? (laughs) Classic, (laughs) classic uh, interview question. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yep. Back at the job fair, Steve is going back for this lady. I can't remember her name. Yeah, Dana. He's like, I moved, right, Dana. He says, I moved your, I told you 10 o'clock, you're running 30 minutes late, so come get more coffee with me. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, better be worth it. Back at Kelly, Donna Claire's, Kelly wakes up Donna, and they talk a little bit about the whole Mark Brandon situation. Yeah. Kelly says she kind of hopes that neither of them get it. Yeah, at this <laughs> point, yeah. Because uh, otherwise, she says, nothing is ever going to be the same. Troubles are brewing. Yep. Yep. Dr. Martin calls for Donna. And guess what? He's not at work. He's at the country club. He's chilling. He's about to go play some golf or something. Mm-hmm. And he says he told his partners he's cutting back on hours. Whoa. And he also tells Donna, you know, don't worry about so much about after college. Like, you're going to be great. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be great. Your parents are rich. Yeah. So don't even worry about that. So it's fine. <laughs> All right. Steve and Dana are having coffee at the student union. And Steve says he is now willing to go the extra mile. Ooh. And she's like, well, I did have to rush out. But if there's a final evaluation, I'd have to stay. My boss is already gone. Oh. And he says, well, where will this final evaluation be? And she says, in my hotel room. And I have to tell you, it might be an oral. Yeesh. And his reaction to this is so funny. Because at first he just, like, keeps talking. And then he just, like, stops and is like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it even, it threw him a little bit. That was straight up Lucinda dialogue right there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And he says, well, hey. I know another couple who'd love to join us in your room. They're right here. And sitting next to them the whole time yeah. was her boss and yeah. Claire. Yeah. yeah. So she's in trouble. And he, he apologizes to Steve. He's like, we're a good company. We'd really like to work with you. And Steve's like, I'll think about it. <laughs> yeah. It felt a little icky to have like, look at this woman preying on this innocent man and this other man catching this yeah they've just done a few things like that where it's like you know this is a false accusation and this is i don't know they they just have done this a few times where it makes me feel like this is not usually how this plays out but all right yeah (laughs) Claire says that she's sorry about the whole thing steve is a little upset that he That she didn't believe him, At but yeah. it's it's pretty quickly forgiven. Yeah. That's their thing. Yeah. Back at the dryer interviews, everyone is now waiting. They've been deliberating for like 30 minutes, 
Everyone is waiting for them to come out and give the results. That's kind of nice, though, that you don't have to like go home and wait for a phone call. Yeah. You just all sit in that room and wait for them to decide. Yeah. Brandon is cut kind of, that Brandon and Mark are sitting together and he's kind of he's like, Ugh, I just thought about like, they're never going to pick two guys, right? Yeah. They would have to pick a guy and a girl. And Mark's like, it's just like, chill out, man. Yeah. Whatever, Whatever will be will be. Let it be, you know. So they finally come out to give the results. There are two winners. First one is Marjorie from Oregon. So only one spot left, and it is going to, from California, Brandon Walsh. <gasps> oh. I honestly didn't know how this was going to go. Yeah. I very easily could have seen Mark yeah, getting it. It could have. Or neither of them getting it. Mm-hmm. So I was a little surprised when it went to Brandon. Yeah. And Mark is, and he audibly says, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's not cool about it. Uh-uh. He's very upset. So later on at the Peach Pit, Nat has a cake for Brandon that has like surfers on it, like surfer action figures. Yeah. And it also says, happy birthday, Bobby. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, it's the only cake I had. (laughs) So specific. Everyone's wondering where Mark is, which why would Mark want to come? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. (laughs) So Kelly leaves to go find Mark. Valerie asked David if he would be okay with Tom managing the club. Not a good idea. No. Does he have any experience? I mean, the club is already failing, first of all. Well, he's a construction worker. Okay. All right. Well, I didn't know that. He does not have experience managing the club. Okay. All right. But she says, I will pay him out of my own salary. She just wants to help him out. So David says, okay, fine. Yeesh. So outside the peach pit, Kelly's heading to her car and Mark like materializes out of the bushes. This is all very predator vibes. It really was like, yes, is I mean, Mark goes full villain here. And like, even the it's all like Dutch angles with a camera. They're all tilted. Like he's a 1960s Batman villain. Like (laughs) it's very like, I don't know. They, they shot this, like he was going to attack her. They really did. I, I was ready for him to it. Right. He kind of, I mean, he a little bit does. He does a little so, bit. So yeah. yeah, he comes out of the shadows and he's like, "Of course you're here at Brandon's party. You got me." And he he blames Kelly for this whole yeah, thing. He's he like, does. "You got me so concerned about Brandon that I wasn't thinking about myself, and now I'm screwed. You've screwed me." Yeah. And then he grabs her and he's yeah. like, "Give it up!" Basically, he's like, yeah. "We're we're gonna do it right now because they still haven't done right, that." Right. 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 To which, you know, she's like, get off me. What are you doing? And she says, you know, there is something about waiting in a relationship because your true colors eventually come out. Yep, yep. Um, And she says, you lost it because you didn't think you could lose it. Mm -hmm. Like, you went in there all cocky and now you didn't get it. It's not my fault. Mark says, you're going to lose me if you don't shape up. Yeah. So he says, until you're ready to seal the deal, don't call me yeah. at all. Yeah. I don't want to hear from you until you're yeah. ready. <laughs> he has this whole thing. He's like, you could have been a, you could be a Reese. Do you even know what that means? Do you know what I'm going to inherit? Like he has this whole crazy thing. Yeah. So she tells him, you know what? Every time your phone rings, I want you to bet that it's not me because you'll be right every time. Yeah, and then it's like hard cut, end of episode. It's so great. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, I hate character assassination like this. I, do I really hate it because I really yeah. liked Mark. Yeah. He's been nothing but amazing. And now all of a sudden. Yeah. Well, it's like we had the episode two episodes ago where she threw him the party that he didn't want and openly didn't want and then was kind of a jerk at, about the party, you know. And then yeah. we didn't we didn't have him for the Christmas episode and then he came back here and was just like straight up maniacal villain you know yeah so and, and now i, I guess just, we're never gonna see him again <laughs> with like what what do we have 12 13 episodes with this character like mm-hmm. there was definitely time to make him out to be kind of a you know a douchebag you know yeah like, he, he could he could have been this like rich like all swaggery kind of guy who was also kind of nice but also like had this undercurrent of like is used to getting what he wants and is just also kind of a jerk, but that's not the picture that they've painted. And it's like, 
they got to this episode and they were like, oh crap, we forgot to make him a jerk. Ah, just do it all now. You know, and it really, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. 90210 snap, Kendra? I think I'll give it to to this scene. Yeah, one else. End. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When he grabs her and he's like, you better shape up, give it up. It was all like wild. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Verdict? You know what? I didn't hate this episode. Yeah. There was nothing. I mean, Tracy is just Ugh. whatever. Could care I'm less so, about her. I'm so, I'm so glad that we're on the same page about this because truly every time she walks in with her like plucky little like, hi, I'm your kid sister and my tiny little shorts vibe. I'm just like, go away. No one wants you here. Be gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I am. I'm pretty much interested in things that are going on in the show. So I think that's a plus. Yeah. I, I liked it. Yeah. I liked it and overall. I, I guess I'm happy for Brand. I mean, I guess he started with CUTV, but I'm kind of happy for him to like have something for his future right? going on. Yeah. Because like we had that whole thing where he was like maybe going to go to Boston, and then he gave all that up, and then right. he's just you know he's yeah. about to graduate. So it's kind of nice to see like a future thing happening right. for right. him. I agree. Yes. Well. Next time, uh, we're going to be at Season 7, Episode 14, The Phantom of CU. Episode 15? Episode 15, <laughs> The Phantom of CU. Whatever, Kendra. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kendra, until then, though, you can catch me every, every other week on This Andorian Life, a Star Wars podcast from the Radio Meanwhile Network. And I was just a guest on Previously on X-Men, where we talked about an X-Men Spider-Man crossover called Dark Web, and it was wild. <laughs> Wild in a good way? Yeah, it was. It was fun. Ooh. It was fun. It was one where I liked it more than Hillary did. And by the end of it, we were both kind of like, yeah, this was good. This was good. We <laughs> nice. talked it up. By the end, we were like, good stuff. So, yeah. What about you? What are you, what are you talking about? Um, well, I'm Miss MissMuseBox91 on Twitter. And sure. I also am the co-host of the podcast, 90s Music Got Me Like. We talk 90s music. Um, I think we're doing it. We're... Stick it with the every other week. So I believe next week will be the um, If You Could Only See by Tonic episode. Oh, okay. That sounds fun. Yep. Okay. Good stuff. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is it. Here we go. All right. <laughs>